0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Epic. Glad that you are here. I'm sure many of you are familiar with that prayer that was there. Very powerful prayer that uh, Jesus modeled for us. What it means to to speak to God, our, our loving God, our loving Savior, our loving Creator. I'm glad that you're here with us today. If you're new to us. I encourage you to stop by our Connection Center before you leave, and you can pick up some information there that will tell, us a little, tell you a little bit more about our church family. Now, today, we're starting a new series entitled Heart Check. And as we begin, I'm just curious. Does anybody have heart issues that run in your family? You might have heart issues? OK, hold your hand up. Anybody been to a heart doctor yourself? Anybody know anybody that's got a heart problem? All right, well, I like that should be all of us. OK, well, good. Glad got everybody involved here. Well, a few years ago, my wife and I did some blood work for some life insurance that we were trying to get. And after the blood work was done, the insurance agent called and said, can't give you the best quote for the insurance that we quoted for you um, because there's a problem with your blood. And I said, what's wrong with Tammy's blood work? And... Yeah, you get it. Yeah, if you know me, you got that. And uh, the insurance lady said, there's nothing wrong with your wife's blood work. It's yours. She said, your cholesterol is way too high, Trent. Apparently, you've been eating out way too much at fast food restaurants. Your cholesterol is uh, over 290 and needs to be about 200 or under that. And uh, I thought, well, that doesn't sound so good. So I had to take a class on how to lower my cholesterol. Real exciting class. If you ever want to go try one of those things, I encourage it for everybody. But I was told in that class that if I didn't start making some changes in how I was eating and my lifestyle, some some not so good things were going to happen in my body, ultimately to my heart, ultimately to my life. So I learned in that class, if I didn't make some changes, I could get heart disease, develop that. I could develop hardening of the arteries. I could have a heart attack and possibly die. None of those things sounded like anything I wanted to experience. And so I had a decision to make. Was I going to make some changes in my life? Or was I going to keep eating those greasy fried foods, you know, the ones that we all love to enjoy? Anybody like in that camp with me? Like, yeah. Like, where are you going for lunch? I don't know, but I hope it's greasy. (laughs) That's the stuff that I so love to eat and apparently had made a lifestyle out of it. And so I had a decision to make. Was I going to keep on that path and potentially cause damage to my heart and my life? Or was I going to get on a new path? Was I going to start eating some new things, maybe exercising in a whole new way and experience something different in life? Well, in a spiritual context, we all have that same decision to make. We're all at that same spot. Because the reality is we all have a heart problem. Blood work's been done. The, The agent has called and said, things aren't going so well for you. Listen to what our great physician says in Jeremiah 17.10. says, I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. So it's God himself who's looked into our hearts. And this is what he says in verse 9. This is what he's found for each one of us. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked who really knows how bad it is. So that's the condition for all of us. That's the condition of all of our hearts. We have hearts that are deceitful. We have hearts that are desperately wicked. We can't even really know what's going on inside of our hearts. Brandon read this morning during our worship set, Isaiah 53, 6, which says, all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. So we've all been led away from our great God by our wayward hearts. That's why the wisest man who ever lived, a guy by the name of Solomon, said in Proverbs four twenty three, guard your heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. Solomon knew the condition of our hearts, his included. And so Solomon had all this wisdom to offer us. Wisest man who's ever lived. He said, more than any other information I could ever give you, the best thing you could ever do in your life is to guard your heart above everything else because your heart and its condition will determine what ultimately happens in your life. Now, As a people, we aren't that good at following his advice. We aren't that good at guarding our hearts. We aren't that good at taking care of our hearts, whether physically or spiritually. And most of us know, you know, if we go down a bad path that, you know, some not so good things are gonna happen, but often we'll say, well, there's time for change. You know, I'll make some changes later in life or it may not happen to me so i'm going to hold off on you know that chance that you know someone says well well my grandmother smoked for you know 90 years and you know she was fine and we like roll the dice hopefully that'll be our case and or we may make some minor decisions some minor changes in our life so i'll make a, a few little changes here and there but i'm not really going to deal with the heart issue i'm not going to deal with the the real matter of the problem that's lying within me we're better at monitoring our behavior than we are at guarding our hearts or taking care of our hearts. Now, when I was growing up, there were certain words in my house that I was never allowed to say. I don't know if anybody's grown up in a house like that, but my parents were pretty strict about some of the things that would come out of my mouth. And there were even some words that were in the unmentionable category. Son, you should, you should not even think these types of words. So that was kind of the environment that I grew up in. But one day, one of the unmentionables came out. My mom happened to be nearby. So out of my mouth just comes one of these, oh, you shouldn't say that. And then I heard, Trent, would you come into the kitchen? And I knew it. Like, oh, no. i like, I've been had. I've been found out. I, she heard the word. I hope she didn't hear it. So I walked into the kitchen, and my mom had a bar of soap, and she was lathering that bar of soap up real good. You you probably know where I'm going. So she lathered that bar up as good as she can get it. There was just like, you know, soapy bubbles falling off of it everywhere. And she said, Trent, would you stick out your mouth? Stick out your tongue. Open your mouth. How do you stick out your mouth? Sorry. (laughs) Stick out your tongue. Open, Open your mouth, stick out your tongue. So I did that, and she wiped as much of that lather as she could get on my tongue. Um, Anybody experience that? Not a great experience. You know, I don't recommend it. Not all that exciting. Doesn't taste real good. Um, But here's what my mom wanted to happen. My mom wanted that action to change my heart. She wanted me to go, ooh, soap tastes bad. Make the connection mentally, Trent, that those words aren't good. So put that together. Don't ever say those words again. That's what my mom wanted to happen. Here's what happened. I never said those words, that word, specifically, again, when my mom was around. <laughs> so my new strategy was, is mom around? Okay, she's not. Woo, out comes that word. You know, I'd make sure that she wasn't around before. I let that word fly. Uh, and we all kind of do that. You know, the, the problem for me in that moment was my heart hadn't changed. My behavior had slightly changed at least when my mom was around. And we're all kind of similar in that. There are moments that we go, I'll make some minor changes to my life. If we get caught doing something that we know we shouldn't do, sometimes we work even harder to hide that activity. If a doctor says, hey, lay off the fried foods, sometimes we go, I can do that, and then a week later we've fallen back into to bad patterns. At work, we might monitor our behavior really well when the boss is around. And we're working hard, you know, we're stapling or whatever or coaching or stamping or whatever you do in work, we do it well. And then when the boss isn't looking, what the boss doesn't know won't hurt the boss. Maybe we slack off a little bit. Again, we're, we're pretty good at monitoring our behavior. We're just not that great at taking care of our hearts. And even professional church people can get really good at this, you know, Um, People that go to church all their lives can be really good at monitoring their behavior. And I don't know if this has ever happened in your world, but there have been moments where my family and I drive to church, and we're just like, you know, arguing on the way in and irritated with each other. Why weren't you here on time? And I was in the driveway, and I'm honking the horn. You should be there, and you should be in the car. And we got four kids, so I got something to say to each four kids of something they need to be doing on Sunday morning. And then we get... Into the parking lot, and something happens when you open the door. You just become like Jesus. You know, you get out, you're happy. You know, everybody gets out of the car. They love each other. You know, we're we're just like a you know every church family should be. Or if you grew up around church world, you know that the Bible warns against gossiping. And so sometimes what we do is we turn that into a prayer request, and we say. Did you hear what so-and-so did? How rotten. I mean, that was horrible. Can you believe that they did that? No, tell me more. I want to hear more of this so I can pray for them. (laughs) Let's put them on the prayer list. Not a good thing for us to be doing. If you think about most of the religious systems that we have created in this world, Whether it's Judaism, Buddhism, Islam, even Christianity can fall into this. Most of those religious systems are more about behavior modification than heart transformation. We work real hard to make the outside look nice. And the inside, we don't care so much about. That's stuff that we feel like, yeah, that's kind of private. Nobody can really see the condition of our hearts, but maybe God. And so we spend a lot of time on the outside. And not as much time on the inside. That was a a big problem in Jesus' day. It was something that Jesus addressed on a regular basis. And listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 23. He's talking to some religious leaders about this issue. And he said in verse 25, What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you're filthy full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. And then in verse 27, he pushes this issue a little bit further. You are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. Our God is not interested in just behavior modification. He's interested in heart transformation. He wants to change us from the inside out. He knows that's the only way that we can ever learn to become more like Jesus. In Matthew chapter five, Jesus gives his famous Sermon on the Mount. And he's talking to a group of people, again, about this heart issue, the stuff that he wants to do inside of us. And starting in verse 21, Jesus said, You have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. So pause there for just a moment. Great behavior modification rule. So it's really good, wouldn't you say, that we shouldn't commit murder? So Jesus says, hey, let me remind you, God gave to your ancestor this rule, don't commit murder. So it's a good rule. We should know that if you do that, there's a consequence that follows that up. But then Jesus takes that a little bit further. Look at verse 22. But I say, if you even are angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. So Jesus says, listen, don't just pat yourself on the back going, hey, I, I'm a pretty good person. I haven't murdered anybody. You know, that's not the goal. I'm interested in what's going on inside your heart. I don't even want you to get angry at people. Unless, obviously, you're dealing with a righteous anger that, that Jesus talked about, which most of us rarely ever see. I don't want you to get angry because here's what anger does. It leads to murder. And you murder people all the time with your anger. I don't even want you doing that. So I'm interested in what's going on inside of your heart. Verse 27, Jesus continued and said, you have heard the commandment, you must not commit adultery. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So not just committing adultery is not the goal for Jesus. So I'm interested in what leads to adultery. I'm interested in the state of your heart. God knows that if our hearts don't change, we won't change. Our behavior may change, but we won't ultimately change. We won't be more like Jesus. And it's out of our hearts that we live. We do everything based upon the condition of our, our hearts. We live from our hearts, we love from our hearts, we shop from our hearts, we work from our hearts, we eat from our hearts. We do everything in life based upon the condition of what's going on inside our chest. So what do we do about the condition of our hearts? And we've already read that, our hearts aren't doing so well. Not a good report for our hearts. So what do we do with the heart damage that we have? I think we have to start like King David did many years ago. In Psalms 51.10, King David came to God and begged God to create in me a clean heart. God created me a clean heart and renew a loyal spirit within me. David knew the condition of his heart. He knew the condition of all of our hearts. And he knew that God was the only one that could help us with our heart problems. So fixing our heart damage starts with God. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. So when anyone puts their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they become a new person. And as a new person, they get a brand new heart. In Ezekiel 36, God says, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Have you ever received that heart? Have you ever accepted that new heart that God wants to offer you by putting your faith and trust in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And receiving that new heart is as simple as remembering your ABCs. Admit that you need a new heart. You're coming to God like David going, God, I need a new heart. This one I have is, is damaged. I've damaged it way too much. I need a new heart. Believe that Jesus died on the cross for you. That's number two. Believe that Jesus died so you can live, that he is god in the flesh. There's no other way to get a new heart. There's no other way to spend an eternity with God in heaven. There's no other way than through Jesus. And the last is C, commit your life to following him. It's, it's one thing just go, hey, yeah, I believe in you, Jesus. It's a whole other thing to go, you know what? I'm changing my whole world and I'm going to follow you and I'm going to learn how to become more like you. If you've never done that in your life, I encourage you to do that today. Later in the service, I'm gonna guide you through a simple prayer that you can pray if you would like to do that today. Now, when we get the new heart that God offers us through a relationship with Jesus Christ, we have to learn how to take care of that heart. Again, we're not that great at taking care of our hearts. And what can happen is when we get a new heart, we can revert to old patterns, old behaviors that have damaged our original heart. I think that's, again, another one of the reasons that Solomon told us to guard your heart above everything else. Take care of your heart above everything else in life. Now this is gonna sound a little counterintuitive, this next thing I'm gonna say, but one of the ways I think that God wants us to take care of our hearts is to reveal our hearts to someone else. And I'm assuming that maybe one of the first thoughts that come into your mind is, I'm not so sure I can do that because my heart was hurt by someone. And I tried that one time. I entrusted someone with my heart and they like stepped on it. So I don't wanna entrust my heart to anybody else. I'll guard my heart by keeping it behind lock and key and I'm never giving it to anybody ever again. But listen to what James chapter five, verse 16 says, God giving us another way to take care of our hearts. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed says, I want you to talk to each other about the sin issues in your life. First John 1, 9 says, I want you to talk to me. So God says, if you come to me and confess your sins, I'm faithful and just to forgive you of those sins. But here's another piece of that puzzle is I want you to talk to someone, talk to a person you can see. I want you to have a conversation with them about the condition of your heart and the sin issue that may be going on there because the reality is for all of us, heart healing comes through confession comes when we go to someone else and say listen I've got to own up to some junk in my life and I'll never forget my first conversation that I had with someone like that a number of years ago I would had many conversations with God about some sin issues in my life and a consistent thing that, that I heard him say was it's great I forgive you I want you to go talk to somebody else as well And often I'd say, God, I just can't do that. I can't go talk to somebody else about my junk. I mean, what are they going to think about me? They're probably never going to want to talk to me again. You know, we just don't do that. You know, like we just kind of keep these nice, you know, superficial relationships going on. But rarely do we like choose to go deep and say, Hey, I want to entrust my heart to you. Here's some issues. Will you help me learn how to live with this heart that God has given me? Well, one day I kind of got to that moment. We're like, I got to do this. I just, I feel like I I need to take this step. So I was at lunch with a friend and I said, okay, God, here we go. I'm going to like open up and reveal my junk to my friend and see what happens. And so I did over a lunch conversation. I said, listen, I need to have some awkward conversations with you. I need to share some things in my life that I don't even know how you're going to respond, but like, here it is. So I just kind of like poured it out on the table. And my friend said, You are the worst sinner I have ever heard of. (laughs) He got up and left. He didn't. That was a joke. (laughs) Sorry. I'm not great with jokes, so sometimes I give the punchline away too early. Um, So here's what my friend said. My friend said, I've been praying for years that God would bring someone along that I could share my heart with because, you see, I've got some heart damage as well. I've done some things in my life that aren't great. And I need someone, I need a friend that I can share that with. And so that began years long, uh, years of conversation, of friendship, where I would learn how to take care of my heart with somebody else. And then that grew into other relationships and other relationships. And so now it's a lifestyle for me. That whenever there's like anything funky going on in me, I just go to one of my friends and go, listen, I got to talk. Like, here we go again. I just got to like get this out on the table. I need some help. I'm not doing a great job right now of taking care of this heart that God's entrusted to me. So I need someone to help me with that. And I've had many conversations with people, the same thing, of helping them take care of the heart that God has given them. And so my question for you is, do you have that? Do you have anybody in your life that you feel comfortable enough to go, listen, I got to just like get this out? Is there anybody in your world that's helping you take care of the heart that you have? Now, in your life, the heart damage that you might have experienced may not come from your own sin, may not come from a personal thing. Maybe it comes from someone else's sin, but however your, da- your heart has been damaged, regardless of how it happened, we need each other. We need each other for healing. God's placed us in relationship with each other to help each other heal. That's one of the reasons I encourage people to get p- connected in a small group. Get plugged into a small group where you can talk with another group of people about your hurts, habits, your hangups, things that have damaged your heart. Small groups can be great environments where you build strong friendships that can last a lifetime. I encourage you to get plugged into a small group. Now, sometimes we need to take that a step further. So small group, I think, is always a piece of the puzzle. And many times it's the biggest piece of the puzzle. But often there's other pieces of the puzzle that need to come into play because there are times that we've got some other specialized things going on and maybe we need some more specialized help in an area to deal with some of our heart issues. Now, to help facilitate with that, we as a church are partnering with a new ministry that's starting in our county. And we're gonna talk about that just a little bit this morning. I'm gonna invite Josh Toro to come on up Josh is a pastor of this new ministry that's starting in the county called Lifeline Ministries. And uh, would you welcome Josh as he come up, comes up here to the stage? So um, Josh is leading the charge in this new ministry that's starting in the county, again called Lifeline Ministries, and he's going to tell us just a little bit about it this morning. I'm going to ask him a few questions. Um, But Josh, just tell us a little bit about Lifeline, what it is, and kind of who it's going to help.
1: Well, Lifeline is a heart ministry, and so we come together. I think that it's really wired in all of us to just come together and be friends and do life together. That's the biggest thing. I know in my worst times when I was alone, my friends were there. And so I was able to confess and be transparent and enjoy life and really just Know that I'm not alone. That's the biggest thing. I mean, it's it's huge. So Lifeline is the name of the ministry. Celebrate Recovery is the name of the program that we're going to use, and it's a 12-month program. Um, but you're going to come together on Friday nights, and really begin to use faith and transparency to to grow. And so we're going to just run the gamut on any type of problem that you might have. You know, you hear recovery, and you immediately think. Um, alcohol or drugs and it 's just not the case that 's what I thought when I started this thing um, I went man god i can 't minister like that every day and um, I went on a journey I was going to pass I was going to uh, plant a church, and just God said no you need to you need to get in the community and you need to deal with what 's going on in your community because people feel alone and so I've started CR with 14 people right now, and we're going to launch in November, and Lifeline is going to minister to those things.
0: Okay, great. So what is a gathering going to look like? When are you going to meet, and what are those gatherings going to look like?
1: Main night's going to be Friday night. Um, It's usually about four hours. It's a long night, but... Some people need that. Some people need that long night of just fellowship. So the first hour is all about connection. It's about getting together with people, uh, meeting those people, remembering names. Uh, You know, I got, we've got, uh, relationships in our team right now, where if we get together outside of church, there's like 12 kids running around, so you know, you really get into each other's lives. So that's the first hour. Second hour is worship, word. Uh, they do uh, chips for those who need it. You know, some people that 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 need that extra encouragement, it's huge, and and you're investing in something when you take that. You're going, Man, I made it 30 days, I made it 60 days, so you've got that. Um teaching as well and testimony time, which is huge. Um and then we're gonna do breakdown into open share groups where guys will get together with guys, girls will get together together with girls, and you'll start working through that. And then the very last is usually like the stuff you were talking about, bad for your heart, you know, the cookies and the cakes and the coffees, just to get together. What and, time is that supposed to be? Uh yeah, yeah. Trent's gonna enter yeah, in I'll, CR I'll be for there those at issues. Nine. Yeah, exactly. And so that'll be the last hour. And then we'll go off and do our own thing for the rest of the week.
0: Okay. So on a Friday night, you're going to have a a worship service. So there'll be some sort of music worship experience. Absolutely. And then some sort of short teaching. And then breaking up into small groups where people can start entrusting their hearts, revealing their hearts to other people. And then follow that up with some more connection time with each other, building relationships.
1: Yep. And then what will happen is um, the people who want to actually work the program, there will be an additional night. Um, usually maybe like a Tuesday or something like that, where you'll actually come together and actually work the 12 steps. So it's a four-book process. It's 12 months, and that's where you really go through the CR program. And so the first book is Stepping Out of Denial into God's Grace. And praise God for grace, and most of us are a lot in denial. So
0: Yes, we are. Yeah. Yes, we are. So when is that going to start? November? Uh, November
1: 30th is okay. when we launch Um, and then golf tournament, November 10th.
0: Okay. Now where are you going to meet at November 30th?
1: November 30th is going to be, if you go down Palm Coast Parkway to Sears on the, the other strip mall, right on that corner is, uh, called the life center. We're renovating the second portion of that which is a dollar store right now, closed down, but we're going to we're going to renovate that entire thing. So we'll have meetings right there and it'll all be sectionally divided. It'll open up, we'll have worship and then it'll break down into smaller rooms and you'll have those rooms available.
0: Okay. All right, yeah. that's great. Well, I know when we started Epic 3 years ago, it didn't require any money to start that. It was uh, you know, just a total faith deal. So I know that there's no money that you need for any of this, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Another one of my really bad jokes that doesn't (laughs) come off funny. Yeah, that's it. So um, lots of money needed to start this deal. Yeah. Um, And I know you're doing a um, golf tournament to help facilitate that. Yeah. So
1: our first... I'm trying to scramble to try and, you know, do a fundraiser at the end of the year. They usually say you take about a year. I think I tried to do this in like four months. And so we're trying to do a golf tournament. Uh, There's flyers on the seats. You can sign up right on the website. Um, But we're going to come together, gift bags, lunch. You get a chance to win two cars, you know, with a hole of one. Um, And we're going to get together on November 10th at Palm Harbor Golf Course. And uh, we're going to have a good day.
0: Cool, yeah. cool, very good. Well, um, I'm glad that you're here. One of the things I'm excited about this ministry, it is a multi-church-backed ministry. So Life Coast is behind this, Parkview's behind this, Palm Coast Community Church is behind this, Epic is behind this, a number of other churches are behind this. So it's really neat to watch churches come together, like novel ideal, right? that churches would come together and reach a community for Christ. Really cool. So it's neat to watch that happen uh, through this ministry. So I encourage you to check out the material that's there. If you're a golfer or not a golfer and want to come and do some golfing on that day, stop by and talk with Josh at the Connection Center before you leave for today. And before I let him off the stage, let's just together as a church family pray for him in this ministry. So Lord, I'm so excited for this ministry opportunity to come into our county. Lord, the 12 steps are not uh, principles that that didn't come from you. They came from you. They're biblical principles that we all need to to live by. We all need to learn how to walk that road of recovery. Lord, because we, again, all have hearts that lead us away from you. So, Lord, I thank you for this ministry that's coming to our county. I thank you that churches are gathering together to strongly support it. And, Lord, I thank you for Josh and his wife and his kids as they play the lead role in this. Lord, every new ministry endeavor needs someone to charge the hill. And I pray for them. Lord, I pray that you would give them extra energy and strength and broad shoulders to carry the things that they need to carry. And Lord, surround them with an amazing team. Help us as a church figure out how we can support them the best. We're excited about what lies ahead in our county with this ministry here. In Jesus' name, amen. Josh, thanks for being here today. Now, next week, we're going to look at the heart issue of unforgiveness. It's a huge issue that's impacted many lives. Many broken relationships with people and with God have happened through this one heart issue where we just say, you know what, I just don't know if I can forgive you. So if you are dealing with a forgiveness issue or you know someone else who's dealing with a forgiveness issue, I encourage you to come back and I encourage you to invite them to come with you. Now, as we close today, listen to what King David asked of God in Psalms 139 he said to this, this to God. He said, God, search me. God, search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So what we're gonna do as we wrap up today is we're just gonna have like a heart check moment, a moment for you to, to allow God to speak to you about maybe anything that's going on in your heart that might be affecting your relationship with God. So I'm gonna ask everybody, if you just close your eyes and bow your head, I'm gonna ask you some heart-probing questions. Is everything okay in your heart? Are you mad at anyone? Are you waiting around for someone to come to you and make things right? Do you need to forgive anyone for the hurt they've caused? Do you need to ask forgiveness for any heart issue that you've caused to someone else? Are you secretly celebrating someone's failure? Do you have any secrets that are eating at you Have you lied to anyone lately? Is God pointing out anything in your heart that he says you need to deal with this? And are you willing to deal with it? Are you willing to say, God, I want to deal with this. I can't let this thing go because I want to be more like Jesus. So God, I thank you for The heart check that you do in all of us. Lord, I pray for all of us here this morning. There may be someone who says, you know what? I realize there's an issue I have. I need to take some proactive steps. Encourage them, Lord. Give them the strength to do that. Lord, help us to live with the hearts that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to guide you through a short prayer so that you can do that. If you'd like to trade your old damaged heart for a new heart, become a new person in a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm going to guide you through a short prayer. And there's nothing really magical about the words that we're going to say together, What's more important is the condition of our heart. That's what God's interested in, the condition of your heart and what you're saying to him from your heart. So I'm gonna ask everybody if you just, again, bow your heads and close your eyes just for cutting out distractions. And if you would like to get a new heart this morning and start a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can pray a prayer like this In your heart to God. God, I admit that I need a new heart. I'm sorry for the things that I've done that hurt you. Jesus, I believe you are God in the flesh. Jesus, I believe you died so I can live. Today, I give you my damaged heart in exchange for a new heart that beats like yours. Come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. I commit my life to following you and becoming more like Jesus. Now, with everyone's heads still bowed and eyes still closed, if you've prayed that prayer for the very first time in your life, I know it's going to sound a little awkward, but I'd I'd like to just ask you to maybe raise your hand. Just raise your hand so I can see that. I see a number of hands. Thank you very much. You can put your hands down. God, I thank you for these people here today who have seen in their own lives that they need a new heart. I thank you, God, that you are faithful. You're faithful to make them a new person and to give them a brand new heart. Lord, I pray that you would teach them how to take really good care of this heart that they've been given. Lord, I pray that you would teach all of us how to guard our hearts above all else. Lord, I pray that you would teach us how to become more like Jesus every day. Lord, I pray that we would build friendships and relationships with other people where we can reveal our hearts. And together learn how to take care of these hearts that you've given us. Lord, I pray that each day we would say to you like David did, search our hearts and point out anything that isn't right. Help us become more like Jesus. In Jesus' powerful name, we pray this. Amen. Now, if you would join me as we sing this song and kind of finish this, this worship song out together, singing from the new hearts that we have been entrusted with. Let's sing together.
2: If you put your faith and trust in Jesus today, You are a new person with a new heart. And congratulations. Everybody join me, please. That's awesome. Welcome to the family of God. And now that you've made this choice, uh, I just encourage you to do a few things. Um, Number one, tell somebody. It's exciting. um, And we can't do this alone. God did not design for us to do this alone. With a new heart, we need help maintaining it. And also, um, get on our website at theepicchurch.com. We have a handful of resources on there to be able to guide you through your new journey. Um, and next, we have, uh, we have a baptism coming up on October 28th. So if you have given your faith to Jesus, um, I encourage you to follow it up by being baptized. And if you'd like to do so, you can go ahead online and uh, sign up on The Epic Church under the online tab. And then also, God asks us to give of our time, our talents, and our resources. And if you call Epic your home and you would like to give, there's two ways that you can do so. We have two giving boxes behind the middle of two aisles here, and you can also get online at theepicchurch.com. Click on the giving tab, and you can do, do so that way. And for our time and our talents, uh, you guys got it right. Yesterday, we had over 50 people show up for our Habitat for Humanity and our cleanup. So thank you very much. Please. So we had great results yesterday. Um, The Habitat was a little behind. We helped catch them up a little bit. They built walls. We had people prepping out food for all the volunteers. And with the cleanup, we had over three dumpsters, as you could see, that we actually cleaned up on the property. We were able to help those homeowners. Um, So amazing job, guys. And also, if you do not know me yet, my name is Cody Anderson. And along with my wife down here, we head up the Surge Youth Group Ministry here, which is the middle and high school youth ministry. And we have an event coming up which is on October 13th at 6 p.m. over at Palm Coast Community Church. And the way we uh, keep track of what's going on, we have a Facebook page, which is Epic Surge. So if if you've not friended us yet, get on there. If you're a parent and your child isn't on there, just shoot us a message on there so we know which parent belongs to which child. So as we're going through, we can kind of communicate with you on what events are coming up. And we also have our costume party, which we're letting you know ahead of time. It's a couple weeks out, which is October 27th. And we let you know ahead of time is because we take it a little seriously. When it comes to candy and costumes and stuff like that, we plan it right and we have a great time. So any middle schoolers and high schoolers that you see, friends, invite them to that. And again, get on Epic Surge Facebook page to help us communicate with that. And also, um, a couple months ago in August, we had a uh, we partnered with the Grace Food Pantry, and we had over 600 pounds of food that we gave them, with over 100 bags of clothes, which was absolutely amazing. Again, clap, please. That was awesome. It's an exciting day. There's a lot of celebration today because you guys are doing amazing. I'm very proud to be a part of this church. Um, but we're going to keep up with that. We're doing an ongoing give with them. Um, and we're going to have a monthly focus. So every week you're able to bring um, an item that we have that focus on and bring it back to the connection table. And this month's focus is actually toilet paper. So next, next week, toilet paper, which is a main necessity, you know... Um, we're going to start bringing that next week, and you can take it back to the Connection Center, so when you get those buy one, get ones, you can go ahead and bring the other one here, keep one at home. Makes it easy. Uh, but we're, you can check out the Facebook page, Epic Surge Facebook page, and also um, the, the site, not the Epic Surge, but the Epic Facebook page, and the site, theepicchurch.com, and they will post the monthly needs on there for you. And then also, to end this out... Um, if anybody could stay and help out, we're going to have a group of people in the front here. You can come up and see Tim and Trent, uh, 10 to 15 people, something like that, to be able to come help, break down a little bit, and just, uh, and just help us out with, uh, with tearing down. That would be wonderful. And thank you all for coming and joining us. Have a great week. If this is your first time, I remind you to stop back at the Connection Center, and God bless everybody.